Hello, hello. Welcome to For Book's Sake with Heather Roberts. And Veronica Adams. And I have to say, if you are watching us on YouTube or any other video location, you cannot miss Heather's new hair this week. She's rocking (laughs) some sunset fantasy hair. And my God, is it everything. It is just stunning. Thank you. Thank you. I had to actually do it because I knew that we were recording on video. So you got up and styled it for us just for just for a recording just, session, just for the video purposes. But yeah, she did such a good job. I love it. And I love it. There's like pink in there, mm-hmm. like like magenta, and yeah, then the oranges like, and the yellow. It's she's just, like five it's different stunning. colors, but they all like look. They just go together, yeah. and yeah, she's a professional. Like she's like a yeah, like she does this. You for look a like a sky on fire at sunset. It's awesome. Yes. I wish that we would, you know, we have gotten sunsets that look like my hair. Um, yeah. Just not recently. I think, mm. I think it's, you know, we have the wildfires up in Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything. So it's just been so hazy and mm-hmm. um, we just haven't been getting yeah. those crazy sunsets. So I, I put yeah. it on my head instead. I love that. I love that. <laughs> you know, funny story, not that this is relevant to anything book related, but we have also been getting a lot of the smog and smoke and haziness from the wildfires here in the Midwest. So Yeah. It's not just you New Englanders who are suffering this summer. Things have been pretty crazy here. It's, yeah, it's been spreading. I've heard all the way down the East Coast and even mm-hmm. Midwest. So, yeah. And California, they usually have their wildfire situation too. So yeah. that spreads in the West. It's we're we live in the bad place, <laughs> so <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. But since this isn't a climate change podcast, maybe it we sure isn't. <laughs> we're a Supreme Court podcast, although oh, well, don't even get me started. Although tangentially related, because it did talk about graphic design, and that is something that we do frequently. So I am yeah. just going to be putting this out there. I did post it up on Facebook, but just you know, we will be more than happy to make any graphics for LGBTQ plus books or brands or what have you. Uh, we are we are absolutely accepting of that uh, of of authors of color authors of color. We believe in human rights marginalized communities in general. I mean, just yeah, generally speaking, absolutely. we believe in human rights. I'm just putting For that sure. out there so that there is absolutely no question whatsoever. And yeah, yeah, I hate that I have to even say that, but here we are in the year of Times 2023. I know, I know. But speaking of crazy things, let's talk about book signings. <laughs> That's what we're going to talk yes. about today. So yes. we're gonna- signings that have been all the rage this week in yes. in romance landia in the indie publishing world because Book Bonanza was uh, last weekend. So. Yes, and book Lots signings of- always, you know, they're very hot in the summer because you know people t- can take time off and often sure. do, and it's nicer. It's much to easier travel. for families to travel. Yes. Yeah. So. Book signings are very huge in the summertime, and uh, we are smack dab in it. So we are in book signing season. A lot of people are going out for their first book signing ever as a reader. Yes. A lot yes. of authors, having come, too. Having come to our big table here in, in the publishing world through the pandemic. Yes. Um, lots more readers having gotten stuck at home with less to do, who've... Uh, figured out exactly how spicy book talk is and 
And then they were like, oh, I can read them. And then onto other social media platforms and then discovered that, oh my gosh, when there's not a pandemic on, we get together and we go to these conferences and we mingle with each other and we get to meet the authors we love. Yeah. Thing we do. It is a thing we do. And it's, you know, it is so much fun. It really is. Totally. And okay, so let's just put this out. Okay, there are different levels of a book signing. Yes. You have to understand what the book signing event is that you are going to. Yes. Because if you're going to something like Book Bonanza, understand. That is a mega event. Yeah. Understand that's a mega event. If you're going to a Polycon, that is a yes. mega event. Yes. There are other events in existence that are not mega events. And, and I'm not going to lie. I kind of love a, a small, regional, intimate book signing, you know? Yeah, like, I do. I do authors too. in a hotel conference room, like, you know, in Charleston, West Virginia. You know what I mean? Like, just, just something more some chill. Out there, right? Like Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah. 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 And those do exist and yes. they don't have usually the like three to four day panels and features yes. and, you know, exactly. the multi-night after party, after party. brunches. Yeah. Those things don't happen at those kinds of events. They're much smaller and intimate. And they have, it's so it's a signing mm-hmm. and then sometimes there's an after something and sometimes. that is all. Then we all go home. Yeah. Um, so it's much simpler of an event, but can be awesome just as much. I mean, it depends what you're looking for. So if you're not looking for a mega signing event and you're seeing all these posts about Book Bonanza and you're like, that is not it for me. Like that is something I can't do. Understand that that doesn't put you out of the signings entirely. Go and find an event that's smaller, more intimate. Nor should it because there is literally something for everybody when it comes to these signing events. And that means globally too. Like Absolutely. we're talking about events that typically take place basically here in the continental United States, but there are events all across the world internationally all, all year long. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's the rare, rare that's coming up. Exactly. London, Paris, Melbourne. How many other places do they do it? I mean, um, Oh gosh. Yeah. They, they go around and we do have an events list by the way, on our website that you can go yes. and check out. It is not 100% updated. Um, it will be. We're working on it. You, there's a lot of events. And <laughs> they, you know, they they change and they we add to it. And Yes. Some are startups and they're brand new and we don't know about them and can't get them on the list quickly enough. Some are, you know, retired yes. and maybe still on the list. Um, and well, or we don't know if they're coming back. So we've put them right. at the bottom uh, yep. and they're on hiatus. Like yeah. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But what I think what we did with our list that I think is helpful, um, I put on there all the things I would want to know. So yeah. I put on there the the links to tickets, the links to the website, if it exists, the links to a Facebook group, if it exists. Mm-hmm. Um, and most importantly, I put region and then, you know, the state in which it's located. Right. So if you're just looking to search for something in your area, you can easily go and find that or figure out where the heck these things are are right. located. Because right. um, sometimes it's not super easy to figure that out. You would think it would be. You would think it's easy to be like, oh, this is where the event. No, it is not. Mm-hmm. It is not. We had, yeah. 
I love you event organizers. You do a lot of work, but please don't assume that people know where your event is. It's true. It's really true. Especially if you host an event that perhaps has a circuit and is taking place in multiple cities. Correct. Just don't assume that people know where it is, especially because there's a lot of new people coming into the industry now. And so if they get frustrated at the first glance of trying to even figure out where your event's located, you know, it's not a great first impression. So that from that's my feedback there from having to sift through a lot, a lot of things. (laughs) But so, okay, so let's say you're going to an event for the first time as an author. Mm -hmm. What would Veronica, what would you tell them to expect? So first and foremost, you need to be prepared to put your best face forward on display at this event, right? So um, there's a lot of prep that goes into that. If you've never done a signing event before, Um, table decorations, cloths, standing banners, merchandise, rack cards, bookmarks, pens, swag, you know, a newsletter, sign up, QR code or handwritten list, Um, a way to accept payments electronically cards or cash. I mean, you've got to, it's, it's, um, it can be a little bit overwhelming to prep for these things. Yeah. So a checklist, a guide, something, you know, to, to keep yourself organized, just a a regular to-do list. However you like to organize your tasks can definitely be super helpful. And then when you're actually at the event, um, you need to be prepared to be an extrovert, even if you're not. Yeah, no, that's um, these are social advice. events, and I, I know that a lot of creatives, writers especially, not everyone is an extrovert. Which a lot of authors are pretty introverted, um, in my experience. So this can be kind of an overwhelming uh, stretch of your skill set, right? Because you're going to be sitting probably across from, in between, next to, or around other authors first and foremost. Right. So you can do a lot of professional networking. Mm-hmm. Talking to other people who write, getting a chance to maybe put faces with names that you recognize from your social media marketing and networking. Um, but then once the readers are admitted and the event actually begins, you have to talk to them. That's right. About your book. And your you books. have to be prepared to receive compliments, which is yes. that's sometimes true. Difficult. That's very it's sometimes true. difficult to do. It is. Like, People fawning over your work, people who are there to actually see you. You were the draw for them to come to this event because they've yeah. been reading your books and they love it. Um, you're going to get a lot of of interaction with people who maybe haven't read you yet, too. So it's an opportunity to test your own salesmanship or saleswomanship, you know, yeah. or salespersonship to be as uh, neutral as possible, inclusive yeah. as I possibly can be. Um, yeah. You know, to shake a few hands and say, well, if you love X author or X genre, you might like this book or this series I've written. Um, yeah. Know, and if I you're new, sell them. if you're newer and you haven't been around for a while, you have to sell yourself. And I know that that is very hard, yep. very hard and for many people to do. But here's a couple of tips. Okay. One, you have to remember that everybody there is there because they love books. That's right. They are there because they love reading. They love specifically romance books, if that's the type of you know event that you're at. And yes. what do you do? You write them. So you already have your target audience right in front of you. They right. are there because they're interested. 
So you just have to draw them into your table. A tip, just instead of sitting behind your table, stand up at your table. Have, you know, or stand right beside your table, like right, you know, to get a bar stool. Right. Something that raises you up, makes you a little bit more visible. Makes you a little bit taller. If you're sitting and slouching and lounging in your chair or scrolling on your phone or you have your arms crossed, you don't look approachable. And then readers who have the same issues that you have, uh, which, you know, uh, the being afraid to engage or talk to people, Mm -hmm. you need to look as open as possible to that conversation because you want to engage them. You want to talk about your books. So it's very difficult. I understand, but work on it. Practice with some people before you go out into the public and, and do it. Um, but yeah, just really watch your body language and try to stand up or raise up your seat in some way. Uh, if you, if you have to sit, uh, to make yourself just a little bit more approachable, um, from that perspective, look engaged, uh, with people as they're walking by, look them in the eye or like, look at them. (laughs) You don't, you know, you don't have to be like, smile right smile I, I don't just, I don't mean that in a patronizing way I mean no. like genuinely appear friendly and approachable yeah th- not no misogyny here it's just like no. look friendly and approachable that's it whatever that looks right. like for you do that yeah. um you know and some this takes a lot of effort this takes effort for me like I need to you know when I go to these things I have to make sure that I'm not having my resting bitch face on because I have, I have been told by people who supposedly love me that no, I'm kidding. We do. I know we do love you, but that I can look intimidating and that right and like mean, and you know that's fair. I I've seen it. I've seen pictures of myself, and I'm like, oh, a lot of okay. us are plagued with that for sure. Yeah, but like the. The neutral facade when the muscles are relaxed and you don't think that you're making any sort of expression, uh, maybe just a little bit intimidating. <laughs> right. Like people are like, oh, she don't want to talk to anybody. So yeah. I have to actively turn that off in my brain and, you know, go on and right. really think about the way that I'm presenting myself if mm-hmm. I'm going out with the hopes of talking to people right. uh, about my business and being approachable. Um, and it's the same thing with authors. You have to be approachable. That's mm-hmm. just how it is. Um, and then have think about if somebody asks you that somebody's going to ask you these questions, okay, they're likely, very much likely going to ask you this. If I've never read you before, which book should I start? Have an yes. answer. Have an answer. You know, think about uh, or what's this book about? Right. Create a five-second pitch about every book that you're going to have on that table. Know what the answer to that question is of what book is the one that I should start if I've never read you before. Right. Um, You know, you don't want to stumble over these answers. You want to be confident in your responses and you want to give them a reply that is accurate to the book um, and also shows that you're proud of your work because you should be proud of your work. Well, and it should also be a good answer from a marketing standpoint too. Like, don't forget, you most likely are going to want these readers to stick around after they take your recommendation for where to start. You're going to want them to do some reading through a series or uh, interconnected standalones in the same universe. Um, 
So make sure that you're recommending an actual good anchor book for them to start with too. You know, don't just say, Hey, pick up my new release because it's your new release. Maybe a book one in a series that's been out for a little while is actually the recommendation you're making. Right. Exactly. And maybe you say something, maybe you think about the tropes or you ask them a follow-up question. What's your favorite trope? Right. What scratches your itch? What is the thing that you just can't get enough of? And if you have that available to them, then you offer Mm -hmm. that. So it's it's these types of engaging questions. These are things that you can have conversations about, about books. (laughs) And... yeah. And you know, we should also step back and, and talk about how to prepare for readers who have already read you and are coming to the event to meet you, yes. even if it's your first rodeo, so to speak. Um, you, you should be prepared for that in the sense that you have the books available that they're going to want from you. Yes. What, um, are, what are your bestsellers? Right. Or, you know, your your reader favorites. Yes, reader favorites. Are favorite. you going to offer a pre-order? Yes. Um you know, and have a form on your website or a Google form where your existing readers who are attending this event can actually reserve copies from you, the books that they would like you to sell them on event day. And logistically, you have to think about this if you're doing a pre-order. So mm-hmm. do you collect payment in advance? Do you collect payment right. on the day of? Because here's the thing. If you don't collect payment in advance, at least a deposit of some sort, you yep. are now purchasing these books to ensure that you have at the event. If the person does not come and pick up the books at the event or otherwise contact you when you reach out and say like, Hey, Which happens a lot mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah. I'd like to say it doesn't happen. It happens a lot. It's a reality. Yeah. So if I would suggest at least having a deposit, a non-refundable deposit required uh, for somebody to do a pre-order with you, like half of the amount mm-hmm. of their order or something to that effect because that pretty much guarantees that if they're pre-ordering the books for the signing, they're going to come and pick them up and and settle up and right. pay the other half or whatever right. it is. They're already invested. Yeah. You've incentivized them to complete the transaction and actually follow through with the, the pre-order portion of, of asking you to reserve books for them. Right. Because if you don't do that and there's no skin in their game, people will go on and pre-order books you will get all of these pre-orders. You will carry them to the event. You will, yeah. <laughs> yeah you or will pay to ship them if you're going to an event across the country or across the world. I mean, yeah, yeah. And then if you have to then bring them home, and you've received no money for that, you are now getting an extra expense that mm-hmm. you were not already planning upon, and you now still have these books that you may or may not be able to move very quickly. So well, and, and realistically, when you do finally sell them, it'll probably be at a loss. Right. Just due to your overhead in shipping them to the event and then back home from the event or paying to check them with your luggage, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, your costs go up if you don't already have the financial commitment from the readers who pre-order. So get a deposit, a non-refundable deposit. So if they don't and- show up and they don't communicate with you of, you know, If they don't show up, fine. Things happen. Send them an email and say, hey, you didn't show up at this event. Would you still like to purchase these books? Here's a link with an invoice, you know, for the rest of the remaining due and add shipping because now they have to pay for shipping Mm -hmm. because otherwise they were picking them up, right? No shipping included. Exactly. Now they have to pay for shipping. If they don't want to do that, guess what? You get to keep the deposit and the books for your time and effort. 
you're a business. A lot of people are like, oh, well, I don't want to be mean. That's not being mean. That it's a business. <laughs> and for the record, there is absolutely nothing wrong with collecting payment in full before these events and charging absolutely. 100% of the cost to you up front. Correct. As part of the pre-order. And then you can maybe even add the additional dollars or cents, whatever it's going to take for you to guarantee shipping in the event they don't show. Yep. You can upcharge for that. You know, if you're going to charge $15 a paperback, maybe you charge 20 instead. Uh, and that $20 covers a flat rate domestic shipping anyway, probably not international, but at least. Just know. in case you have to ship some to some places. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah you can work this stuff into the costs as mm -hmm. a business owner. Uh, you can do it in a variety of different ways. It doesn't have to be, I'm just, I'm just saying, make sure that you have some money. <laughs> right. What we're suggesting is not the, the, the only way you can do this. Yeah. We are just offering you some brainstorming ideas to get you going in terms of how flexible you want to be, but also how proactive you need to be to protect yourself financially, because it is, it's not the biggest expense you're going to ever run into in, in running your business as an author, but also it does add up. It really very does. Quickly. And it happens um, frequently, which is why we're sort of talking about that, right. like harping on well, this for a while. Something a lot of readers don't appreciate is that there is a financial investment on the author's part in even participating in these signing events. Right. They're not The free. vast majority of authors are paying to be there. They are not being paid to be there. Correct. Um, it costs an author, so, you know, I've seen readers like, oh, I spent thousands and thousands of dollars on the sign. So have the authors. Exactly. They're exactly. at least two grand commitment when you start talking about the, the paperback books that you're purchasing. Mm -hmm. If you add in special editions or something mm -hmm. like that, the cost skyrockets. For sure. Um, you know, a table fee, travel expenses, all of that. For authors who've never attended an event before, there are a whole bunch of startup costs involved in setting up electronic payment taking methods and yep. getting all of the decorations for the table that they're going to need. I mean, it's, you know, well, it's, it's standard now to have a six foot standing banner. At I was your just going to say, let's talk events. about things that are pretty standard. Uh, that yeah. You will need a banner, a standing banner, their retractable banner. You can search for that on Vistaprint. Uh, Juliet Swag Advantage. You can reach out to her, giving her a shout out. Um, yep. We love her. We work with her a lot. This is not a paid promotion. Yep. <laughs> but Julia, if no. you want to do that. <laughs> no, but We've just been happy to refer Julia a bunch of print business over the years. Yes. So well, she take takes care, of, care of people. She yeah. will make sure that you have what you need and that it's correct. Um, appreciate that. So, but you can also get them at, you know, Vistaprint or wherever. Any major online printer. Yeah. If you have a local printer that you want to do business correct. with. I was Staples just last or, week. Yeah. Helping an author with uh, graphics to be printed at her local printing company. Correct. So, you know. Yeah, something local. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Just contact your favorite printing company um, and you can find out what they need. Make sure that you find out the graphic size and all of that. Right. Take that and a template. Take that to your favorite graphic designer and they can make up the graphic needed for that. You submit it all. And then you get this, you know, six foot banner ish in, in the mail. Um, and they're great because they advertise your brand right behind you. So you don't have to constantly say who you are. <laughs> um, people get a vibe from them. What are you about? Make sure that it's reflective of your brand. What, what was that? Put, Biden? Put, put, put your logo on it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
just call me Biden? I did. He's he's the Westbrook <laughs> King. I don't want to be Biden. I want to be Dark Brandon. Okay. Just for the okay. internet's sake. Okay. But yeah. Noted okay. for the future. Continue. Continue. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, put your logo on it. Absolutely. Um, what else? So so some people do that. And then they also have a runner for their table. Yes, the table runner. The table runner. So you can get one that – I wouldn't get one that puts the the branding on top of the table. You want one no. that goes over the – It hangs in front. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because you're I putting- just did one last week that's double-sided. So we had two different images that the author liked. She couldn't decide. So we did it so that the runner actually has a design that hangs on either side. Perfect. And she can she can flip, flip it, it around. Whichever one she wants to display, depending on the event she's at. Love that. Yeah. Yep. And that makes it super versatile and it makes it yes. look like it's a two in one. Exactly. Love that. Um, other things. You want something to be able to display your books on the table. So yes. that when and I mean that like you want something that has levels. Um, because if you a just tiered book rack. A tiered book rack, yes. Or multiple tiered book racks, depending upon how many books you have. Yeah, if you get a huge bag catalog, get two or three of those bad boys. Yes. Um, get a tiered book rack or little something something that can display your books. Yeah. Get creative in some type of tiered leveling. Um, because just putting them flat on the table does nothing for one, you're gonna run out of space very quickly. And two, it doesn't draw the eye to your table at all. Like at all. Yeah. Um what else? Oh, well, you want to have signs as to how you accept payment. Yes. Are you accepting payment cash only? Do you have a card reader? You should get a card reader, by the way. That will oh, increase totally. your sales. Square, Swipe, Stripe. What, how many other? Like, there are just so many oh, ways that you can take mobile has payment. One. Square yeah. has one. PayPal has one. Um, Stripe has <laughs> one. <laughs> I caught that. Yeah, I mean, not my favorite. Um, I'm allowed to have opinions. Um, yeah, but so you can use your favorite (laughs) and whether it's Heather's favorite or not, exactly, (laughs) whatever your favorite is, but to that end, really look at the, the fees associated with accepting cards, um, and look at those accordingly. Yes. And make sure that you're charging accordingly. Yes. What Veronica just said, because you need to make pass that fee on to the reader, tack it onto the price of the book, 10 bucks, 15 bucks, plus the, I don't know, $2 a swipe or whatever it is you end up having to pay. Yeah. Cause those add up very quickly. Mm. Um, also a lot of readers attend these events with cash. Yes. And if you can offer them the cash discount by not passing along the debit card or credit card fee to them, uh, the vast majority of them will pay for your books in cash. And so to that end, make sure that you have change. Yeah. You need yeah, change. You want to bring some some small bills mm-hmm. to break 20s and maybe even 50s at these events. Exactly. Put together some bundle packages. Yes. So three for 30, mm-hmm. three for 25, three for 45, whatever your books are valued. Get the at, whole you know? series for X, Y, Z. Yeah. Right. Or get a freebie if you buy the whole series, right? right? Like if you have some, you know, some bonus content that's sitting out there, an epilogue or a, a series themed novella that you've never published before, put a cover on it or yeah. get a print copy of it if you have published it, but only an ebook or something like that. Yep. And offer it as a bonus for people who buy the whole series. 
You can even throw it up on BookFunnel, print out mm-hmm. a QR code, and that's the Make freebie it a free they download get. with purchase. Exactly. You can do all sorts of fun things like that. Mm-hmm. Make it enticing. When you go to think of a craft fair or something yeah. like that, right? Like a lot of people have been to farmers markets and craft mm-hmm. fairs. It's that similar vibe. And so you want to have that when you're setting up your table. Think about that from a consumer perspective. What draws yeah. you to tables at those places? Yes. And plan accordingly. We can also take this to the next level and talk about ways to make your table stand out or more of a draw to the readers who are in attendance. I have seen everything from oh God. life-size cardboard cutouts of sci-fi romance alien heroes, uh-huh. like for you know taking photos or whatever, which is a great concept and really hot, to authors um, offering shots of whiskey at their tables. Yeah. I have too. I've seen the ones even where they have like the hero on that's the cover of their book, right? In a large cardboard cutout. And they have a heroine, a heroine as a cardboard cutout next to him with the face like cut out. Yeah. And so you, so can, you then, can stand next to yeah. him and be the he- the heroine. Yeah. Stick your face through. Uh-huh. Um, on, I must have missed that one. That's a great, that's a great use of the cardboard cutout for sure. Yes. Or, you know, you can obviously take picture with the, just the, the guy when, when it's, there's no heroin. Um, right. I, yeah. Some people, some authors have brought their models to book yes. events, um, yes. that are on the cover of like their most recent release, uh, whatever that is. And you can some get very, in the romance community, especially some very popular cover models who do yes. sort of the book event circuit. So it's not unusual for you to see them. Correct. For authors to sponsor them and pay for the cost of their attendance so that you can take pictures with them and meet them at their table. Yes. Not uncommon at all. Um, what else? <laughs> there's, there's been some crazy stuff. Um, people have played games, set up a whole game little section. The carnival games. Yeah. yeah. Like a carnival game at their table. You can take or this gift to the next level. Raffle. Yeah. 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 You, yeah. You can a gift basket raffle, very common, which is, I love those. Absolutely love those. Um, I've seen scavenger hunt sort of, you know, things where the event has it, you know, given you sort of like a bingo card or something mm-hmm. um, with facts or something about all of the authors and the signing. And yeah. you have to go around and, you know, figure out what they are or just get like a box signed or whatever the case may be. And it encourages readers to go to every table. So I do like those a lot. Those are fun games. But yeah, authors have run their own like little carnival style games at their table. Mm -hmm. And by doing so, what are you doing? You are getting people to stay. You are giving people an experience. You are making yourself memorable. These are all great marketing tactics that will get people coming back to you. Right. Right. Um, well, and the more a reader appreciates your style of doing anything, whether it's just interacting with them and talking to them about what they like to read, even if they've never read your books before, or giving them uh, a really fun experience for 10 minutes while they're visiting your table, they're much more likely to go, hmm, I resonated with that. I'm going to pick up this author's book and give them a shot. Right. They were fun. I really enjoyed talking to them. They, you know, I had a blast playing whatever at their table. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take a chance on this book. And you may end up with some pretty loyal new readers that way. 
And with the games, you can have fun prizes like a free book or 10% off or, you know, all sorts of things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, so get creative with it. You know, it's it's really fun uh, to to do those sorts of things. What else was I going? Oh, we have not talked about swag. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like the <sighs> so yeah, just in very briefly in passing, giving a shout out to Julie. Yeah, um, you do not yeah, need to a- offer free stuff. Okay, just throwing that out there. You do not need to offer free stuff, but swag you probably should. You probably should. <laughs> Is it necessary? No. Is it basically an industry custom now for most experienced authors who have attended signings? Yes, Yes. it is. Yes. So swag can be anything from, I've seen, oh God, it can be anything. I'll just put it, it can be anything. Bookmarks, pens, chapstick, you know, buttons, uh, tote bags. Little squishy penises. Yes, the stress balls, yeah. right? Like lanyards, keys, keychains, um, bottle openers, wine goblets. Like, I if you can put coffee your tumblers. branding on it, it it can be given away. I mean, we have a client who makes charcuterie boards. Like, yeah. you know, it, it literally swag can be anything. Yes, it's up to you and your budget. That's what. It, yeah. that's what it is. Exactly. Um, some people make their own swag, then they get very creative and crafty and make their own mm-hmm. stuff. Some people order stuff, but the idea is to give the reader something. In my opinion, the best swag is useful swag because you don't want them to take it home and throw it away. You want them to take it home and use it. And every time they look at it, they think of you. Yeah. That's the point. I, I, I once collected somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 different chapsticks at a, at a, weekend long conference um they were all crap and i threw them all away oh yeah you need to make sure they're good yeah yeah because yeah if they're not good if it's not good swag the pen doesn't write well nobody's going to keep it in their collection and look at your branding every time they grab it to you know like I'm, sign anything or write anything out i'm in the process right now of making keychains for a for swag um, for an event for August um, that we mm-hmm. have the opportunity to put uh, some swag in some author bags at a signing. And so I'm making some keychains that say bookish and on the back they have our logo. Love and it. yeah, they're wooden keychains. They're mm-hmm. very cute. I, now see, I have the capability of making these myself, but you could also order them. Um, yeah. Or you could contact me and I can make them for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so just saying, throwing it out there. Right. But, you know, you find someone who makes them, make something yourself, but like make something that's useful, something that people will remember you, look at and be like, oh, that's that's cute. Tervis tumblers. Yeah. I, those are expensive. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying that everyone needs to have the kind of budget to order drinking glasses as swag, but like I would use the heck out of one of those. Right. I, I would too. I mean, you can find uh, some people have done, I mean, t-shirts usually you have at the table to sell. Yeah. Um, but if you can get more it, of a merch thing rather than yeah. a, a freebie, we're talking about low entry stuff. Um, things that are going to be cheap for you to order in mass quantities. Correct. And well, but then we should talk about merch. <laughs> so yes. you can have the free stuff, which is like a sticker, even like a yeah, sticker can like be have, free. Have a, have a bookmark for stopping by my table, you know? And then have scan this QR code, sign up for my newsletter and take a pen and a button with you, you know, like 
Yeah. Um, stickers are very popular right now too. So, yeah. uh, but yes, then you should have also, you can have merch at your table. So yes, non-book things that you are selling. Yes. And those things, I mean, the t-shirts can be as simple as having your logo on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then can go on up to having a quote from one of your books. Um, you know, wouldn't it be nice if the license, the person, you know, who's has the license for those words and like, I don't know, owns them, made their own merch for the words um, and actually got profit off of it. Because 99% of the people that you're seeing on Etsy that are making a lot of this bookish merchandise do not have the license to use the, if it's specific to a a book or something like that. Right. Right. If it's something you recognize from another, from, from an author's work the Etsy retailer or the creative maker on whatever platform you're using uh, to, to buy this stuff is usually not that author yeah, or licensed by, or that, licensed author. by that author. So I implore you as a reader to make sure that you're looking for that. Uh, make sure that they are licensed, reach mm-hmm. out to them and ask them if they are licensed because really, really rubs me wrong when I see that sort of stuff and see people making an entire business model that is based on somebody else's work that, they're not getting any profit from. Um, so there's that. But yeah, authors, you have, they're your words. Put them on a t-shirt, put them on a on a mug, put them, you know, have something fun. If you made up a whole university, make a whole university, you know, merch line. Um, and you don't have to have, if you know, your budget is not huge, right? You don't have to have a whole inventory at these events. You could take a pre-order, right? If somebody wants to purchase them right there, you take the order and then you can go in and process that after the event. Um, so totally. it's a, you, you know, you can do it in a variety of different ways. Um, yeah. But okay. I think that's, did we hit on all the high points? There's so much I more. Think, I, I think so. I, we could do a whole separate episode just for readers and like the reader experience. And, I mean, we can. And, I think we should. I think we should totally. do a whole separate episode. Totally. I agree. Um, But for authors, I think the biggest thing to go to these events, if it's a big event, go with the expectation of networking, of meeting other authors, and hopefully finding some new readers and meeting some readers that you have, you know, who love you. Building a support network in the community, because if this is something that you haven't tried before or something you've only done a couple of times... Uh, the more you do it, the bigger your network is going to get. And that can only help you it to does. know more people and to have more contacts in the community, more people to bounce ideas off of. More opportunities to... come your way when exactly. other authors know who you are. Because exactly. what, if they're presented with an opportunity and the, the person who's doing the thing says, hey, we're looking for you know this many authors, they're going to go to the people that they know. If they've never met you and they don't know that you would be open to this type of opportunity, you're never. Go- it's not going to come to you. Exactly. Uh, so exactly. meet other authors. Most authors are lovely human beings. They're there for the same reasons that you are. Yeah. You know? And so just go with an open mind and an open heart. Network and just meet people. And have a good time. That last part is the most important. It's usually a lot of fun. It is. It's a lot of fun. A lot of work, but a lot of fun. Yes. And you're exhausted by the end of it, but usually have had a wonderful time. Mm -hmm. Well, and not only that, but 
the more you go, the more likely you are to be invited to additional events or to uh, have space made for you at other events. So it's, it's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy. You kind of perpetuate it, you know, go out, show up, have a good time and then see how many other doors open for you in doing this again at another event. Um, and you doing it on a larger scale at some of these really big anchor events that happen, right. you know, once or twice a year. Well, and that, that's, I think, something important to note. If you've never done an author event before, you should not be feeling like, you know, you've been slighted if you fill out the interest form for one of these massive events and don't get invited. There are authors right. years in the industry who've been trying to get into these events. Um, mm-hmm. There's only so many slots. Like... Listen, there are a lot of authors out there and only so many spaces, even in the, the biggest convention centers. So so start smaller. It's a demand issue. And right. yeah, exactly. There are plenty of more intimate regional events um, where you can usually get in sometimes without any issue at all. Right. Or for a very short waiting list. You know, maybe you apply this year for next year rather than exactly. applying now and hoping to be there five years from now. So yeah, start with the smaller events and then once you're in there, start doing multiple of them. You, the event organizers talk to each other. I mean, they, they see who's out at these events and then also readers who go to these events will be like, oh, I want to see XYZ author. If there's enough demand for you to go to an event, the event organizers listen. Yes, Um, they do. They do. They do. So, you know, it's. There's multiple ways to get into the event by reader demand, uh, by hanging around uh, long enough. (laughs) But no, but for real, I mean, you can get invited to these events by just going to the events a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that there's some event organizers are inviting different kinds of like, like not authors, but they're now inviting influencers to come to the events Mm -hmm. Um, in addition to, um, authors and having special programs from that. So we can touch on that in the next, uh, the, the reader side of things. Um, Totally. And as you were mentioning that something else that occurred to me that we should mention is that oftentimes event organizers, um, are always looking for sponsors. Okay. Like the, the, this is a financial undertaking for everybody who participates. It's expensive for readers to attend to participate, to buy books, to support authors. It's expensive for the authors to show up and pay table fees and prepare for uh, having a, a complete stock of merchandise and books to sell um, their travel and accommodations. And then the organizers also have a lot of expenses in yeah. renting the facility or the space and paying for the overhead of all of the different things that are going to take place um, as a part of the event. So if you have a budget that would allow you to be a sponsor for an event, that will sometimes also open doors for you to also purchase a table as an author. Correct. Yeah, for sure. And sponsoring events and not going like I'm doing with uh, that one mm-hmm. event um, in August is also a great opportunity. You can get yes. your stuff into swag bags for the readers. Mm-hmm. Um, if for whatever reason you can't attend the event or you simply can't afford to go with the whole full yep. thing, you know, that's a great option. Also contact the event yes. organizer and say, is there something I can sponsor? What are, do you have sponsorship mm-hmm. levels? They're usually more than willing, <laughs> you know, to, to work something out there. Yeah. Um, because these events are insanely expensive to put on. 
if you've ever planned any event ever, um, <laughs> you know, these call it's, it's a lot. It's like, yeah. it's like a three day wedding for these mega events. That's essentially yes. what you're planning. Um, and things go wrong all the time. We didn't talk about that, but <laughs> things go wrong a lot. Well, I mean, with any, any, any foray into the public, you just have to expect the unexpected. Correct. Anything is possible. Anything you know, is possible. You're leaving the safety of your writing cave to go out and mingle with other authors, meet new readers. You're going to, you know, you're going to have flight delays, traffic problems, rental car unavailability, hotel check-in issues. Although most of the time, especially with events that are hosted, like where you're staying on site, wherever the event is taking place at the same hotel, usually not an issue, but it does happen. It does happen. It can. People behaving badly. Event event sponsors or event organizers and coordinators who are in bad moods. Yeah. I mean, you know, volunteers who don't know everything that they should as part of their volunteer assignment for running the event. Readers behaving badly. That's a... That's a thing we can talk about in the reader episode. Yeah, I mean, um, authors behaving badly, authors leaving yeah, before. Yeah, authors leaving before that the event. Too. You know, cover models over. being inappropriate. That one's always my favorite. Which one? Never see cover models behaving oh, inappropriately. Oh yeah, yeah, that happens. That happens a lot. So th- things can happen. Understand that no event is perfect. Uh, yep. You know, you're going to walk away with a different experience than the person next to you. It's just yes. how, that's how life is. <laughs> I mean, you're going to walk away with a different experience. Um, totally. As an author, I'm thinking about from the author perspective, because we'll talk about from the reader perspective, but that's also true for the reader perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just try to find your people and enjoy yourself and do things yes. that you want to do um, and keep yourself open for opportunities. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. These events are massive undertakings. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the big ones, even the smaller ones, they're a big deal. I mean, that is a lot totally. of work. It's a lot totally. of work. Um, yeah. So anyway, those are my thoughts. I don't know. Any more, did we miss anything? I don't think so. I think we're pretty. I, I really, this felt comprehensive to me. If there's anything we missed, it's, it's, it's a minor detail and something that will be fun for an author to find out on their own and go, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Veronica didn't talk about that. Well, you know. Or if we did miss it, you know, let us know and uh, yeah, we're happy to email. address it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Veronica, so, what is what is our evergreen marketing tip of the week? I was just about to say I owe you guys an evergreen marketing tip after our last episode. Um, I was I was thinking about this before we started and you and I talked about it a little bit. This idea that you need to diversify. And we had talked about it being just a diversity in streams of income, but really it's a diversity in your approach to marketing yourself. So that is being available on multiple channels and in multiple ways. That is mm-hmm. selling books, but also using affiliate links for affiliate marketing on your website and in your social media posts and anywhere else terms of service will allow you to use those affiliate yeah. links because there are some places you're not. Um selling merch in addition to books and really breaking up all of the different ways that you can monetize your intellectual property. Correct. Um, So that diversification is super important and it will always be super important. No matter how you're selling your books to the public, you need to have a diverse way of reaching that public and also a diverse offering of things that the public can buy from you. Absolutely. I totally agree. 
Totally agree. Diversifying always possible. Yes. So. Yes. Alrighty. Well, I think that is today's episode of For Books Sake. Awesome. All right. Awesome. Well, we're gonna we're gonna sunset this episode just like Heather's beautiful hair. <laughs> yes. Love it. I can't get her wig. It's stunning. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Take us out.